This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Now, many people in the UK live with a skin condition, some for just a short period of time, but others much more long term. So what is it like to have a very prominent condition? How can it affect a person's life? To learn about the attitudes to this, I'm joined by GP Dr Roger Henderson and Lindsay McManus, Deputy CEO of Allergy UK. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Now, what are the main skin conditions that people in the UK will be affected by? Well, as a GP, the main ones I tend to see are the classic eczema, um, uh, acne. Um, those are the usual ones that I tend to see. Psoriasis is the other. Um, but the chronic spontaneous urticaria, which we're talking about today, is extremely common but often unrecognised. So about six to 700,000 people in the UK suffer from chronic spontaneous urticaria but may not even realise it or be aware of, of, of what's going on. So this is CSU, or otherwise known as hives? It is. Chronic spontaneous urticaria, essentially, imagine the worst kind of nettle rash you've ever had, and then sort of magnify it by a factor of 10. And so nettle rash, the hives, that's urticaria. Now that's described as chronic when the symptoms are present and recur daily, or almost daily, for more than six weeks. And then it's described as spontaneous when the symptoms are not triggered by a known cause, including allergy. So that's where the chronic spontaneous urticaria area comes from. Lindsay, how does this present itself? What does it look like and, and how are people affected by this type of condition? Well, it, it shows itself as a severe, um, or hives or, or stinging nettles. You imagine if you put your hand into a bed of stinging nettles, what that looks like. So big, red, raised, bumpy rash, very, very painful, incredibly itchy. And that's at any time of the day. It can travel from one part of the body to another. So just as one part's clearing up, it'll flare up somewhere else. And it's very unpredictable. Um, sometimes people get it for a couple of days or maybe it will go on for a couple of weeks or months. So it's very, very... Um, sporadic in its nature so it's that's part of the frustration is for people that they don't know what causes it, it it's not really allergy related very few urticarias are actually allergy related um, and that's why it's very difficult to diagnose and, and it really does affect people's lives but in our in a, the survey that we carried out we found out that people actually the, the ones that weren't suffering from these kind of conditions actually said that they, they wouldn't even sit near somebody with a rash. So this is very, very worrying. It's all about the lack of understanding of the condition. In fact, it isn't actually catching. Mm. And this is what we're trying to raise awareness of, the, the, the way that it affects people's lives. So people automatically, in a sense, feel like maybe they could get something from a, a, a sufferer with a skin condition. It's just this kind of, I guess, ignorance in a way that they think that they could p- pick something up. Yes, I think so. And I think, I suppose we're all brought up with, a, you know, if you see somebody with spots or a rash or something like that, that it might be contagious. Yes, it might be if it was chicken pox or measles or something like that. But with most of these kind of conditions, and urticaria in particular, it isn't contagious at all. So can people with a skin condition really face discrimination? Yes, they can. Um, we found that, as I say, you know, a huge percentage of people said they wouldn't sit next to people, even if they didn't know what the condition was. But it affects their lives, 
you know, socially as well as physically, because it is such a, it can be quite disfiguring. You know, for some people, they get very deep-seated swellings with it as well, so their faces can be very swollen or their lips are very swollen. So they don't want to go out, they don't want to socialise. It makes them feel generally unwell. So it can make them actually quite depressed. And I think, you know, Dr. Roger was saying that people that come into his surgeries are often at the end of their tether. Mm. Roger, you must have encountered that then, people coming to see you and being really, really down about their condition. Oh, massively. I mean, it's not just the rash. I mean, complications like sleep deprivation, depression, social isolation, anxiety, emotional upset, all these things are factors in why CSU is such a miserable condition to have. And the other nuisance with it for many people with CSU, it is a relapsing, remitting condition. It will come and go. And so they can have a dreadful attack, um, make an appointment to see me, and by the time they get to see me, it can have vanished or gone down to a fraction of what it used to be like. And what I often say to patients, and this is one of the, I think, the great things about having mobile phones is take a photograph of it because many patients with CSU or skin conditions in general they'll come in and see me and they say well I've had a rash and it's almost gone now and you know 20 years ago you'd have said well there you are come back when it's when it's back they can now say and that's what it looked like show me the picture on the phone and I can go ah that's really helpful now I know what it is so don't be afraid to, to, to take a photo and take it along to your GP because the whole point about CSU the quicker that the diagnosis is made the quicker that treatment can be given and if need be the quicker that dermatology referral can be made and for many patients with CSU it can be 12 to 18 months Mm. before a dermatologist is seen and that's a source of misery for them it really is. You mentioned the obvious physical signs of a condition but you also mentioned depression, isolation can that really have a knock-on effect on someone's mental health as well? Oh it can it can open the the door to significant mental health issues and I'm not sort of over exaggerating that Um, if you've got someone who perhaps has a slight tendency uh, to be to being anxious or depressed, it can tip them over into an active clinical depression and they can wake up in the morning and go, you know, what, what is the point? And I've seen that a number of times. Do not underestimate the impact that a skin condition can have. And if you're feeling like that and then you go outside or, you know, go onto a bus or onto a train and someone will stand up and walk away from you because they feel that they're going to catch something from you, just imagine what that does to your mental state. Lindsay, what kind of things make conditions like CSU worse or trigger them? Is there anything that's general about the way we live that makes these things worse? With CSU, no. Uh, And this is, as I said before, the frustrating element of it, that we don't fully understand what actually triggers it. Um, For some people, there may be things like heat or cold, or if they're, you know, pressure may be bring it on. But with most people, it is completely spontaneous and it will just flare up completely out of the blue uh, with no warning. And, And this is what is so difficult with the condition. Some of our listeners may be blind or partially sighted, and if you couldn't see the signs of a skin condition, what would the the warning signs be? I think you would feel it definitely with something like CSU because it's often very, very raised, big red bumpy rashes so although you may not be able to see the colour of it you will be able to feel that on your skin and plus the physical um, the pain of it the itch the very very intense itching that you get with it as well In terms of how people with a skin condition like CSU uh, are treated uh, is the NHS doing enough is it uh, could things be better there? 
They certainly could, and I think there are issues here. For example, there's no national guidance or prioritization about CSU. There's no national clinical director for dermatology, for example. There is genuinely a lack of specialist knowledge of the condition in primary care, and it's partly due to the fact that GPs mostly learn their dermatology on the job rather than coming in as trained dermatologists when they first go into medicine as a GP. And there are delays in referral and and the correct diagnosis, and many GPs are now operating in a system where numbers of referrals are limited. So throw all those things together and you almost have a perfect storm as to why there can be diagnostic delay with CSU and anything that can be done to highlight the condition in my view is to be commended. And Lindsay, I guess from your point of view, being uh, the Deputy CEO of Allergy UK, a charity that is very much focused in this area, you would probably want a a reprioritisation of this Absolutely, and it is about raising awareness and bringing it up on the NHS agenda for sure, absolutely. Okay, where could listeners go for some more information and maybe even some advice? Well, obviously, you know, your GP is always going to be the first port of call, but a lot of people aren't sure. So please do contact Allergy UK. We've got a wealth of information on our website and we've got trained um, helpline advisors who are more than happy to have a chat with you. And the helpline is... Um, 01322 and the website is allergyuk.org Lindsay McManus, Deputy CEO of Allergy UK and Dr Roger Henderson, thanks for talking to me on Insight Radio. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk